we do want to go to prayer tonight. Um, since they've been home from their trip, Brother Josh had his chemo, and Sister Jenny said he's been very nauseous and sick with this, uh, along with having a cold. But um, the chemo, she said, if he's not asleep, then he's just very nauseous. And so uh, let's be praying for him uh, that uh, the Lord will just touch him and, and get him over this so he can get back uh, to being in church since he's home. I know he wants to be. We want to remember to pray for that. And then uh, praying for all those that are recovering from surgery. Sister Kristen Napier had her surgery and Sister Taylor Pledger and Brother Colin, they're all getting better. I think uh, most of them are pretty much over. Sister Kristen's uh, recovery will be a little bit longer, but we want to continue to pray for that. Continuing to pray for Sister Bibi's feet for these surgeries that are coming up. Just, I'd love to see God just take care of that and not have to have the surgery. But if that's the way it goes, then it's going to be the best surgery that doctor's ever done. And she'll be all right. We'll, we'll believe that. Praying for the South African team. They had their last service. It's already about 1 in the morning there. So uh, they're probably still rejoicing over their service. But uh, they'll be flying out, coming in very early on Friday morning. So uh, let's pray for safe travels for them. And then just remember, I know I'm forgetting something, uh, but God knows it so Let's pray that God will take care of our people. I know that there's so many things going on. It's tragic things. There was a family in Oglethorpe that was affected. There was a, a man killed in a crane accident in a, at a rock quarry there. And, and um, the guy that prints our material and signs and different things, he uh, is his wife's family, that young man, he, uh, just in his 50s. But the crane fell over the edge of the quarry killed him so uh, very tragic for them shocking so let's pray for those all affected by that so much uh, people losing their loved ones I know it's tough for them sister Chris as well the death for grandmother so a lot to pray about but nothing that God can't handle and I find a, that blessed assurance knowing that I can take it to him because whatever I need he'll give it if it doesn't fix the problem right away he gives you that peace that passes understanding that keeps you from, helps you to endure, you know, and to keep going on. So let's remember these needs tonight and pray together. Precious Lord, we love and thank you for this wonderful privilege of bringing everything to you in prayer. And Lord, we know tonight that you're the healer of all of our diseases. And Lord, tonight there's nothing that can stand before you, but every knee will bow and confess that you're the Lord. Everything is under authority to you, God. So tonight, heal and deliver like only you can. Bring peace and comfort like only you can. Lord, work in every situation and do miracles that only you can do. And Lord, we're going to give you honor and glory for it all because you alone are worthy. We praise you and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap tonight. He's good all the time. Love the Lord. Thank the Lord. You can be seated tonight and We'll get ready to get into this word tonight. We'll see where it goes. It's been a, I know if you looked on my desk right now, it's covered completely in Bibles and books. And I've just, my mind and heart's been all over the place this afternoon looking and, and just digging into this and uh, see how we can go tonight. I want to read uh, tonight in uh, Judges chapter 16 in verses 15 through 22, and we'll get into the lesson, uh, a little passage down of the life of Samson. 
This is after three times that Samson has kept Delilah at arm's length. He hasn't let go of who he really is, what makes him who he is. And finally she says unto him, How can thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. It came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death that he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me. I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines saying, Come up. This once, for he had showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes, brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. Albeit, the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. So I want to preach for just a little while tonight, maybe just bring some things to our attention on this. Don't give your heart to another. Don't give your heart to another. Let's pray for the lesson tonight. Jesus, we do love and appreciate you and are thankful for the call that you have put on our life. Thankful that when we believe on your name, you've given us the power to become the sons and daughters of God. Tonight, Lord, let this word find good ground in our heart so we can bring forth and be like you. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Would you give him another hand clap and a shout tonight? We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thankful for your word, Jesus. Thankful for your word. Don't give your heart to another. I think that in this story of Samson, there's something there that, um, I don't know, just thinking about it a lot over the last couple of weeks, for some reason, this has come back and forth to my mind, and, and it's, uh, you know, you, you see the, the rise of a champion, really, uh, an angel of the Lord comes and lets his mother know, you know, he's going to be a Nazarite from the womb, and, and he's going to do great things, a deliverer for Israel, and, but then we see the, the fall of the champion as well, and, and there's something that, uh, to me, as I read this, I, I'm not trying to act like Samson is just worthless or, man, you just really blew it or anything like that. It's not so much that. It's just it's sad to watch someone, anyone with so much potential who has done already so many great things for God lose that. There's nothing worse than really knowing someone who is blessed of God, anointed of God, used of God, to see them no longer fulfilling the role that God called them to. 
And that will happen when you give your heart to another. You know, Samson was born into this world and he was a, he was a baby just like any other baby except for the fact there were words spoken over him before he was ever conceived about him. And then his mother uh, had to raise him. And you know how a child is. They, they, they're going to do, you know, you, you tell them this is what we do. And, and she probably told him a lot of things about himself that he didn't understand when he was little. Hey, Mom, let me have some of that grape juice. Nope, <laughs> you can't. He can't have anything from the vine. He can't have, uh, you know, as he got older, he can't have any kind of strong drink, anything with vinegar like that in it, stuff of those natures. He, and, oh, Mom, this hair is so hot. Can't help it, son. Uh, this is who you are. And for a while, it's, uh, he does it because his mama says, do it. But after a while, he becomes a young man. I don't know how old he was when he began to judge Israel. He judged Israel 20 years. But he comes to a point in his life where he does it. He keeps the vow. And he's serving God. And he's uh, you know, catching 300 foxes and setting the fields on fire. He's carrying the gates of a city up to a mountaintop. He's, you know, he kills 1,000 men with the jawbone of a donkey. He is a great deliverer for Israel. And he is a thorn in the side of the Philistines, and he is a judge for Israel, and he's called, anointed, blessed. His power comes from God. He knows where it comes from. He knows where his strength lies, and he keeps that hid inside of his heart. And God has always let us know that the secret to longevity in the kingdom and for living for him and being successful living for him is how you keep your heart. In Deuteronomy 5 and 29, when he was talking to Moses about Israel and just before he lays out the Ten Commandments again, the Lord says, Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all of my commandments always. Not seasonal, not a trial run, not, hey, I just want to live for you when it's bad until you make things better, but that they would fear me or respect me and reverence me and that they would keep all of my commandments always so it will be well with them and with their children forever. You see, that principle's played out in Samson's life because not only did Samson have to be raised a certain way, but from the time the angel told his mother about this child, she could not partake of things from the vine. She could not drink strong drink either. She had some things she had to follow. And if it was going to be well with Samson, then she had to keep the commandment as well. And, and what this tells me is that the word of God is a blessing for anyone that'll keep it in their heart now. But, you know, children, that's your future. That's your heritage. That's, you know, that's who's going to carry on what you've instilled in them. You know, we all want to see our kids go on and do greater things. Even the Lord wanted his children. He said, I'm going to do, I did great things, but you're going to do greater things than this because I'm going away. And, and so, uh, you know, God's telling them, said, look, if, it'll be good with you, but it's going to be good with your children. There's going to be longevity. There's going to be a future uh, in this people will continue as long as their heart is after me. And then in the next chapter of Deuteronomy, 
he gives Israel kind of their, their mission statement. It's Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Nothing can change right there. You've got one God. You, he's the Lord. And you shall love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. You cannot share your heart with anything else in this world. You can't uh, have all your heart to God and then live for other things and always doing other things. You can, oh, I love you with all my heart, Lord. Then how come I never see you? How come you never talk to me? How come you do the things that I don't want you to do? The Lord uh, told the people in one place, he said, why do you call me Lord, but you don't do the things that I tell you to do? And and so he said, yeah, he said, with your mouth and your lips, you draw real close to me, but your heart is far from me. And, and so uh, what I saw in Samson's case was that, man, here's a guy that has been set up before he ever took his first breath, ever saw the light of day. God has plans for him and then uses him tremendously, and he's got it in his heart. The reason I have my great strength is because I've been a Nazarite from the womb. I know why I can do the things I do. I know who has my back. I know why I am never defeated. I know why I keep bringing victory and defeating the enemy. I know why things are good with me. I know why. It was in his heart. He, he had it hid somewhere down inside. And so, uh, you know, Samson was a great great man. Hebrews uh, chapter 11, he's listed uh, as a hero of faith. And so seeing he is a part of that great cloud of witnesses, uh, then I have to look then. If I have the witness, because the writer said, they said, of Hebrews said, seeing we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. So I, if, I, if I have the witness of Samson in my life, then I look at his life and I see that as long as he hid these things in his heart, he was okay. He was winning the victory. He was beating uh, the Philistines left and right. He was, God was used him. He was ripping lines in half and, and pulling honey out of the carcass, man. He was, he was doing okay as long as he had that. He kept continuing uh, to be a judge in Israel as long as he kept his heart right with God. But if I have the witness of Samson in my life, I can be sure that there is a Delilah somewhere. Somewhere there is going to be something that is trying to gain control of what's in my heart. It wants to empty out my heart and, and do away with what God has called me to do. It wants to take my strength it wants to take my anointing. It wants to take my identity and my power. It wants to rid me of everything that God has put in me. Samson was who he was because God spoke it that way. We are who we are because the word of God has ordained that. We are born again, not of corruptible seed, but by the word of God. It is the grace of God that we are who we are. It is by God's word that we are who we are. And there is an enemy, you can rest assured, that wants to separate you from what God has called you to. In uh, Luke chapter 22, uh, he told Peter uh, earlier, and you know, we read about 
how God, uh, the Lord Jesus had told Peter, said, you know, Peter, who do men say that I am? And he said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, flesh and blood has not shown this to you, but the father has revealed it. You've, you've got a heavenly answer about who I am. If God gave you that answer, if the father gave you that answer, then let me tell you, there ain't nothing that can change that. You know who I am. And uh, so you know what's ordained for me. And, and so uh, he says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And he begins to talk about building a church on the rock that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. And so Peter's got this revelation. He's got these keys to the kingdom. He's got a job to do now. God has called him. The Lord has picked him out and, and said, follow me, and then taught him, poured into him, and knows that you're the man to stand up on the day of Pentecost and, and preach a message. I know exactly who you are, but one day he pulls him aside and says, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Don't you know that the enemy wanted to do anything he could that would stop Peter from putting the key in that door and unlocking the kingdom of heaven? Because he had a pretty good go before the Lord started walking openly on this earth. He, had, he then got religion messed up. Uh, the Pharisees were messed up. The Sadducees were messed up. And everybody was, you know, had their own thing going. They, they were just looking for the Messiah. They couldn't even recognize him when he got here. And he said, but if he gets that key in that door and he unlocks the kingdom of heaven on this world, we're going to start having problems because we can't do anything against that. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so uh, I know today that if I am, uh, I am not better than these men, but I am like these men. I have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. I have power now that the Holy Ghost has come upon me. And, and now I know that I just, I am who I am by the grace of God and, and by what God has done. But you better know, you might not be a pastor and you might not be an evangelist. You may not even call yourself a minister at all. But if you are a child of God, there is a Delilah somewhere that wants to destroy what you've got. And the only way to do that is when you give your heart to another. They cannot unlock your heart. They can't see into your heart. They can't take it out of your heart. But when you give it up, when you let it go, you, we're all in trouble. When we, you look at Samson's uh, relationship with Delilah in, in uh, sixteen in Judges sixteen four and five, it says that uh, Samson loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. This is where he uh, we find out about him meeting her, or or however he ran up on her. I don't know if he met bumped into her at the supermarket. I don't know how he came upon her, but there was a woman. And then the lords of the Philistines came to her and said to her, the enemy knows where your affections are at. Now, there ain't a thing in the world for a man to love a woman. God says it's not good for a man to be alone. He gave him a wife. Ain't nothing wrong with Samson having a wife. He can have a wife if he wants a wife. He can have a, he can have this, uh should pick better than Delilah. But that in, that in itself, there is nothing wrong with it. But the enemy knows where your affections are. And so they didn't go to Samson because they got nothing they can do with him. 
but I'm going to work on the things and work in the things that draw his affection. And, uh, and, and the enemy of your soul is watching that, and he will corrupt it so that it will corrupt you. Yeah, yeah. yeah come on. Yeah, I, I know what I'm talking about. When the enemy knows he can't whoop you, when he knows he can't do anything about the Holy Ghost that's in you, he's going to start messing with the things that catch your eye. He's going to start working on the things that you pay attention to so that he can corrupt it so that it can corrupt you. They, they went and they talked to her. They said, we want you to entice him. Find out where his strength is and by what means we can prevail against him so we can bind him. In other words, lock him up where he can't do nothing, afflict him, take his strength from him, and then we're going to give you, every one of us, I don't know how many lords there were, 1,100 pieces of silver. She's about to hit the payday. You know something about Samson loving Delilah? It never says anywhere that Delilah, even in all this, she never, it never records that she ever told him, I love you. Let me tell you, that love of the world is a one-way street. Her prophet was not in Samson's love. Her prophet was in his destruction. Let me tell you, the world don't care about your love. It cares about destroying you and sifting you as wheat and getting what's down in your heart out of you. So you'll be like any other man. Samson, when he finally told her all his heart, he gave that word. It was in there. I'm a Nazarite from the womb. Uh, if a razor comes upon my head, I will be just like any other man. And the enemy knows that if I can get the word of God out of their heart, they'll be just like anybody else wandering around in this world. And I can take them captive at my liberty. I can wear them out at my liberty. I can trick them. I can deceive them. I can destroy them. I can take their power, their identity, and their authority away. We better not be giving our heart away to anything else. There ain't nothing wrong with, with other things in this world as long as you don't give your heart to anything else but God. I don't, I'm not uh, one of these kind of people that think uh, the only thing we can do is breathe and drink water and that's it. Listen, but I do know today that if the enemy, he knows he can't beat you in a head-on assault, but he will trick you, he will deceive you, he will take what's in your heart, what makes you who you are, corrupt it, and it'll turn you. I don't want to lose what I've got with God. The Bible says in Proverbs 23 and 7, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I want to keep the word of God in my heart so I keep remembering that I'm a child of God. I want to remember that it says I've been born again, that I've been washed from my sins. I want to remember everything that God's word says for me. I want to remember that it says don't set wicked things before your eyes and let the communications of my mouth and the, and the thoughts of my heart be acceptable in your sight. I want, there's things that I want to remember so I don't sin against God. I don't want to give my heart away to something else. I want to make sure that I am keeping my heart. That's what the Lord said. He said, oh, that there was a heart in them to fear me and, and to keep my commandments always, all of them, always. That's true love. That's what you tell your spouse. You've got all of me for always. 
I ain't going to give my heart to nobody else. I'm going to love you till death do us part. And that's the way I feel about the Lord tonight. Hey, I'm going to love you till I die on this earth or till you catch me out of here in the rapture. I don't want to give my heart to anything else. Now, Samson uh, had it in his heart. He knew what he could do because of the word that was in his heart. He knew that what God had called him for, he knew that his mom had told him over and over and over. But then as he got older, he stepped into that and he saw it realized and come, come to pass in his life for his own self. He saw what God could do as long as he stayed uh, submitted to God and committed to God. He had identity, he had authority, he had power. And he could keep that as long as he kept his heart. He declared it out of his own mouth when Delilah finally she pushed it on him, pressing on him, you know, day after day after day. I don't, I don't know uh, how it was, but it said, man, he was so done with it that finally, finally, he began to pour his heart out. He began to empty his heart. It says he told her all his heart to this lying he thought it was his lover, but the lover turned into a liar and a deceiver and an assassin to kill this man of God, to kill this anointed vessel, this judge of Israel. Uh, as I said it earlier, her, her prophet was nothing about, I don't know what Samson looked like. You know, they put him in the movies, man. He looks like he's a bodybuilder and supposed to be all, I don't know if he was good looking. I don't know if Delilah was good looking. Ugly people need love too, so I don't know. They might have just both been so ugly they liked each other. I don't know. But somehow, somewhere, they got together. But it was not her love or his love that, that set her on fire. It was that 1,100 pieces of silver from each one of them lords. It was that, that money that was coming, and it was, it's only going to come at his destruction. And that's what, listen, the enemy, he don't care. You know, people say, oh, the devil tore my car up. He don't care about your car. Well, he burnt my house down. He don't care about your house. He just wants to make sure that you spend eternity where he's at. He wants to make sure you don't win nobody. He wants to make sure you don't cast no devils out, that you don't heal no sick people, that you don't preach no messages. He just wants to make sure that you don't get nothing done and that you end up in the wrong place when judgment day comes. He wants to make sure that he kills, steals, and destroys. And so Samson and Delilah, he's pouring it out. This is who I am. This is why I have that strength. And there's never been a razor on my head, but if, my, if I be shaven, then I will be like any other man. My strength will go. If this doesn't stay in my heart, then my strength will go. He emptied his heart to his enemy. And she took his identity, she took his authority, she took his power, and she took his victory. The only thing she wanted was that silver. That's why Proverbs warns us over and over and over again. Keep your heart, Proverbs 4 and 23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it, are the issues of life. We got to make sure that the word of God 
does not become second place in our life, that the calling and the identity that we now have, the Bible says that we are now the children of God. And it may not appear what we're going to be, but right now we are the children of God. Because of the Holy Ghost, it says we are adopted, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. If without his spirit, we're none of his. So with his spirit, we are his. The Bible says the Holy Ghost shed abroad in your heart. Let me tell you, we've got this word, this power, this anointing, and it's in our heart. I'm not talking about that muscle that's beating in your chest, but I'm talking about that inner man, that inner being. It's there. But when you give your heart to another, because this soul is going to live somewhere forever, and when you give up your eternity to somebody else, when you give up your calling to somebody else, when you give your heart up to somebody else, you lose every time. You can't have it both. You've got to keep it in your heart. The psalmist in Psalms 119 said, I have hid your word in my heart so that I won't sin against thee. In Proverbs 3 and 1, My son, forget not my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. In 4 and 4, he said, Let your heart retain my words. In Proverbs 4 and 21, Keep them in the midst of your heart. You know, I've, I've often thought about Samson. And just, and I, I've preached it, and maybe it's true. I'm not saying it's not, but I always thought, well, Samson got a little prideful because we read where she wakes him up this last time, and, and he jumps up and says, I'll go out and I'll shake myself as at other times. But reading and studying this today, I, I'm not so sure that was the answer that it was all about, it was called Samson was prideful or it was his ego. Samson didn't go, listen, Samson didn't go for a haircut. He didn't go thinking, I'm fixing to lose. It's fixing to be over. I'm fixing to let it go. And, and you say, well, he, you know, he told her what was in his heart, but aren't we supposed to share the word and aren't we supposed to, listen, he wasn't testifying, he wasn't witnessing, and he wasn't preaching. He was surrendering. He was emptying his heart. He was surrendering his heart. And let me tell you, when the word of God leaves your heart, the power leaves, the anointing leaves, the identity leaves. When the word of God leaves your heart, it turns right back into stone. The Lord said in Ezekiel 36, he said, I'll put a new heart within you. He said, I'll take the stony heart out of your flesh, and then I'll put in a heart of flesh. He said, and then you'll walk in my ways, and you'll keep my commandments. Let me tell you, but when that heart gets hard like a rock, it don't keep the word of God. It don't, it don't follow the word, the ways, the law, the commandments, or nothing anymore. And when, when we empty our heart out to somebody else, and that's what happened to Samson. But here's the thing. It's just because it leaves the heart, it don't leave the mind. It don't leave the memory. He didn't forget all that God had done. He didn't forget about the victories he had had. He didn't forget about what uh, had been spoken over his life. 
But listen, when you empty your heart out, you can't recognize when you're in trouble. If the word's not there, you don't have anything to warn you when you're in trouble. This man had never shaved his head and he woke up and he don't realize his hair is gone. All right, ladies, this was, okay, this, you know, all the hair you got. If you woke up one morning and you was bald, do you think you would know it right away? If you didn't wake up with it wrapped around your face and all over the place, don't you know you'd realize right away, I've had this all my life. If it's gone, the weight of it wouldn't be there. He didn't even realize. He said he didn't even know that the Lord wasn't with him. But he remembered what the word said about him, but he had already gave his heart to another. Samson didn't go that day planning on being defeated. He didn't go planning on surrendering his heart. He didn't know that if I empty it out, that it'll be no good to me anymore, that I've told them how to beat me. I've told the thing that I have been spending time with how to beat me. You better be careful about spending so much time in the wrong place because all you're doing is opening the door to be defeated. And the sad thing is, is it doesn't leave your mind, but it's left your heart. And now you can't stop the devil on, on your best day because there's no more power, there's no more authority, and there's no more anointing. I don't think Samson was prideful at all. I think he went down and got in the wrong place. He thought God was still with him. I don't think he went out there and said, I'm going to do it on my own. He just, this is what God does through me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That's, I remember that scripture, but if I give my heart to somebody else, Christ's not there no more. I don't have that authority, that anointing, that power anymore because I, I've surrendered it. Samson let go of the word that was spoke over him. He put it out into the air. The Bible says our enemy is the prince of the power of the air. Got him. Hey, come on. I know he's told me everything. He ain't nothing hid now. Come on. She laid him down in that lap and, and, and rubbed his head, scratched him long locks, just put him right to sleep. And they come in and just sheared it right off. He couldn't even feel do you think you could sleep through somebody shaving your head? It's amazing how numb we get when we get away from the Word of God. There is no power, there's no authority, there's no anointing without the Word of God. If we get out from under submission to Him, let me tell you, it all flows from being in submission to Him. And when we get out from under the one who has all power and authority, we are nothing on our own. Jesus even told His disciples, said, let me remind you, without me, you can do nothing. You can try, you can attempt it, you might even believe it'll happen. But without me, you can do nothing. And hey, Samson, all them past victories don't mean nothing without God. And without God, you are like any other man. And they took him and they put out his eyes. I don't want the word to leave my heart. God has spoke a word over us, over his people. I don't want that word to leave my heart. His identity, authority, power, all tied to the word that was spoke over his life. 
before he was ever born, the obedience to that word, to that vow, kept his identity, his authority, his power. The Spirit of God moved mightily while he was in compliance. The word works for us when we're in compliance. Even the scripture tells us God does not hear the prayers of sinners. When Samson uh, left his first love, when he, he, he listened to Delilah, how can you say you love me? I wonder why he said, how come you never say you love me? He was so wrapped up. It didn't matter. That world, this world will get you. It'll seduce you. It'll wrap you up. Let me tell you, don't give your heart away to another. You can't love the world and love this way of life as well. You cannot serve two masters. You'll hate one. You'll, you'll hate one and, and love the other. You'll cleave to one and despise the other. You can't do it. The Bible says it's impossible. No man can serve two masters. You can't work. For two, you can't be a, a double agent. You can't, you can't uh, work for the devil and work for the Lord. You can't drink the cup of devils and the cup of the Lord. You can't do it. It's impossible. That's why there's words in the scripture that say, choose this day who you will serve. If the Lord's God, you know, how long halt you between two opinions? If the Lord's God, then serve him. It's not, not going to be this, uh, hey, one day serving Baal, one day serving God. You're going to serve the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob or not serve any God at all. You've got to serve the Lord. And so, listen, Delilah or, or this world, it, it won't love you, but she will lure you. And, and, and some people think that's love. She'll entice you, seduce you, but that's not love. Love is something that's reciprocated. It's something that goes both ways. And, and, and when, if, if it's just pulling you, if you're the one that's covering all the distance, and, but it's not coming, let me tell you, it's trying to get you. It's trying to lure you. It's trying to pull you into its lair. When you read in Proverbs about uh, the, the woman on the corner and, and said she's standing out there and said one of them young guys that was void of understanding got too close. And she said, "Woo, come on in. Because the man of the house is gone and he's going to be gone a long time. And, oh, I've covered my bed with perfume and oil and, and all these things. And he just goes right away. So don't even realize that the, the steps to her house are the steps to hell. And he's got, she, she's got him. She seduced him and said, come on, let's just take our fill. And come on, let's, you know, lured him away and got him. I don't want, let me tell you, you keep that word in your heart, you got protection. But when you start filling your heart up with every other thing that this world's got to offer and you start cramming the word back into some dark corner of your heart, eventually it finds its way out. And your heart is so full of other things and your heart's become like a rock again and you can't hear the voice of God and feel the spirit of God and you got no hope in God. You're going to jump up and say, oh, I remember. Yeah, I used to do this and whoo, God will come through. How come he ain't coming through no more? Because we give our heart away. We can't give our heart to another. Thank God for past victories, but there's wars that yet be fought. There's battles yet to win. And I can't just say, whoo, where's my magic jawbone? Let's go on and get with it. Oh, man, you better have a new answer for a new battle. You better have that, you better have that God ready, that, that God that's in your heart. You, you better have it so when that next battle comes up, you'll be ready. 
And so our identity and our authority and our, our power, the church today, it is all part of the word that was spoken about us. Mark 16, 15 through 18. And he said unto them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And they shall take serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. That's the church. That word was spoke. Jesus spoke that and said, this is what the church is supposed to be. This is not what he's just, oh, I hope they'll be. This is what I hope they achieve to. This is what comes with the power. Acts 1 and 8 says, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. Sometimes that witness is laying hands on the sick. Sometimes that witness is casting out devils. Sometimes that witness is standing up strong in the midst of the storm. And sometimes that witness is just being holy because he's holy. That's the word that Jesus spoke for the body, for the church. Not, oh, this is, if you make it here, I hope. No, he said, this is what you are supposed to be when it's in your heart. This is what you're supposed to be when you're born again. When I take away the stony heart and put in that heart of flesh, this is what you're supposed to be. He don't want you to go back. He don't want you to go back into those chains and and back into that that shame and back into that, that, that lost world. He don't want you back out there. He don't want you defeated and kicked around. He he wants you victorious. We're supposed to be victorious. Always. We're supposed to be better than letting a lesser enemy have our heart. We're supposed to be better than that, Samson. I'm not down on Samson. Don't get me wrong, but I would tell any of my brothers or sisters of that. If I see a walk away from God, look, that's not who we are. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm not trying to make them feel bad. This is not what God called us to. He didn't call us to surrender. He didn't call us to back up. He didn't call us to let go. He didn't call us to start compromising his word and, and, and living like this world. He didn't call us to start letting down and, and letting things in. And, 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 and so we're not even distinguishable anymore from the closest, you know, emerger to charismatic church that's on the block. He called us a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Light is different than darkness. Let me tell you, we are the children of light and we are going to be different. And it's the light that's inside your heart that comes from the word of God saying it right here. Jesus said this. This is what's coming, guys. You followed me for three and a half years and and you've watched me and you've seen me crucified and resurrected. And I'm telling you now that there's something else coming. I'm going away so the Holy Ghost can come. And it's not just, uh, hey, I'll have it and maybe I will and maybe I won't. You're supposed to have it. You have to be born of water, born of the Spirit. You have to have it. And when you have it, you don't keep doing the same things. Samson, when you have that kind of word, you don't surrender it for a pretty face. You don't surrender it. You don't give it up for something that, 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 that menial. You, you, 
Why would you find yourself in that place, Samson? Why? Samson, you got to keep it. Hey, church, you got to keep it. We are apostolic. We are apostolic in identity, authority, and power. Not because I say so, but because Jesus said so. Don't sell out your identity. Keep your heart with all diligence. You've got to get this in your heart and then keep it there. Be holy as God is holy. It's our lifestyle. It's our identity. If we want to keep this life, hey, this is what got us here. And it amazes me. People, you know, there was, a, there was people that came in the same exact time as I did, and then I watched them very shortly just walk away from what pulled them out of the world, you know, just walk away from it, turn their back on it. Crazy, man. How? Because they want the world or they want the show. They want the power. They want to see things happening, but they want the world. Well, I can still feel it and look like this. I can still feel it and do these kind of things. Hey, let me tell you, there are imposters all over the world. There are deceivers and seducers. And hey, you know what? Some of them talk in tongues. Mm-hmm. One place it said they'll be calling fire down out of heaven before it's over with. But are we going to follow that? Come on, somebody. I'm trying to tell you, this, this world is getting uh, dark. This world is coming to a close. It's starting to wind down. And hey, if we don't start holding on to what God put in our heart, where are we going to be? How are we going to make it? We've got to stand, take a stand. I'm not talking about, uh, uh, you know, fighting wars and, and physical wars and punching people in the mouth and going on Facebook rants. I'm just talking about stand and be who you are. Nobody else, uh, you know what, we're on his potter, potter's wheel. Let his hand stay on you. Let him mold you. Don't let the world get their hands on you and start changing some things. Well, I see God did this, but you, you don't need that. Let's do this, and, and let's pull this off, and let's, let's do that. Ah, no, I'm staying under the hand of God. God, make me what you want me to be. Give me the words to say. Give me the path to walk. My help, my power, well, as soon as we get in trouble, I'll lift up my eyes. But what about when everything's going fine? Why don't you lift up your eyes? Why aren't you watching him while you're walking all the way? Keep your eyes on him. Keep your heart free from this world. Oh, be careful, be careful, be careful. Because I know today, I know that if, if in that, those, our brothers and sisters and heroes of faith and we look at their lives and we say, oh, man, that Samson boy, look at what he did when the Spirit of God moved on him. Yeah, but hey, there ain't no Samson without Delilah. And so you better, might as well know, you and I, all of us, hey, yeah, uh, there's a Delilah somewhere. There's, there's something out there that's waiting to trip us up, waiting to deceive us, waiting to get uh, the control of our heart because somebody's, there's a motivation there. Something realizes it. Hey, I got to stop them. I got to get them. I don't want them saved. I don't care a thing about them. I don't love them, but I'll lie to them. I don't love them, but I'll entice them. I don't love them, but I'll seduce them. I'll, I'll promise them the world and won't give them nothing but heartache and pain. I'll destroy them. I'll stomp them. I'll kill them. And I'll make them so beat up and downcast that they'll never want to lift their hands and praise God again. 
And we know for a fact that it happens. That's the thing. We know it happens. And so we can't be so comfortable maybe that we think it can't happen to us. He said, the Lord said, you try to save your life, you're going you're to lose it. But if you'll lose your life for my sake, you'll save it. Take up the cross daily and follow me. Don't, don't treat carrying the cross as seasonal. Don't, don't, it's not a part-time job. It's, a, it's not a, something I, I pick up whenever I want to, uh, you know, when I, I got to look good in front of other people or, or I just take it to camp meeting or convention with me. I, no, I carry it with you. On the job, in the school, in town, on vacation, wherever you are, don't forget that you're carrying a cross, that there's a witness. Uh, if, people need, if people can't see your witness, then where is the cross at? I know you can't see a physical cross on my back, but I'm telling you, I believe completely that people notice God's people. Uh, you can say, well, I don't know. I'm telling you, and there, there's been people that I never knew but come up to me and say, man, there's something about you. I'm just your average, you know, Joe. I mean, I, I, you know, born and bred right here. That's just me. Average white guy. Here I am. Can't jump, you know, all them things. Uh, can't dance, any of that stuff. I'm just average, good old, uh, here I am, Georgia boy. And they're like, there's something going on with you. There's something about you. Ain't nothing about me except the Lord. I knew you as a Christian. I had a lady tell me that standing in her uh, uh, kitchen one time. I was working in her house putting an alarm system in. She said, I knew you was a Christian. And she was all right with that. She said, I want you to pray for me before you go. And I've told this story before. And I said, I don't know if she had the Holy Ghost before I got there. But before I left, me and her both was talking in tongues in her kitchen. Oh, Samson, I know you didn't go there that day thinking this is it. This is the last day I'll have that power. This is the last day that, this, that I'm going to be able to do these things. I know you didn't come there thinking this is the last time that, uh, that I'll see. This is the last day that I'll see anybody. I know he didn't think that, but he had gotten so comfortable. He had let his heart go. He had give his heart to another and and. and it, he wasn't the same anymore, no matter what he th- could remember, no matter what he could remember, no matter what he could feel, no matter what he thought. It's, it's not so much what he thought, what he felt, it's what he couldn't feel and thought that bothers me. He couldn't feel that God wasn't with him. He couldn't feel that somebody had just went over his head with a razor. He couldn't tell that. He, he, he didn't know. And that's what happens when you give up on God's word. And when you turn around from who you are and from what got you to where you are, that's what happens. You get numb. You get callous. You, you get a, a conscience that's seared with a hot iron, and you can't feel anymore. I, I must be running out of time. I see young people easing in. Listen, Samson, he wanted that life. He needed that life. He had that life. He lost that life. He still felt the same, but he wasn't the same. The tie that kept him in God's power, authority, and identified who he was, it was gone. It, it left. You cannot walk away from God's word and tell me you're closer to God. 
You can't stop doing the things that's in his word and tell me, oh, I'm closer to God than I've ever been because you know what? I don't believe you. <laughs> you might be closer to something, but you ain't closer to the God that called you out of darkness and filled you with the Holy Ghost. He didn't even know. He was just trusting in past victories. And, and, and you know, it's good to remember the things that God has done, but you can't live off past victories. You can't, that's why I see people come to the altar one time and never come again. What are you doing? Slowly killing yourself? The altar ain't just for sinners. It's for saints to come and meet God, to be renewed, be refreshed, to, to empty ourselves and say, oh, God, search me. It's a, it's a place for those that are about to go into battle or, or in the middle of a battle to say, strengthen me. But when we start letting go of the things that come out of God's word, it don't matter how you feel, you're not the same. If the things that we teach and believe as apostolics don't matter, if people, you know, if we're crazy like they say we are, a bunch of fanatics, if, if, if it don't matter, then why does the devil fight so hard to get us to let it go? It, hey, if it doesn't, hey, if the way we dress doesn't matter, why is it always an issue? If our ladies not cutting their hair, Hey, if that's not an issue, if it don't matter, then why is it always an issue? If us not looking like the world, hey, if that don't matter, you know, why do they always pick these things out about us? Why are they always trying to get us to say, hey, you can let that go and still be? Why? You do that one day, you're going to hear something saying, wake up, the enemy's on you. And you're going to be without your power and without your identity and without your anointing. You're going to be facing that devil down. And he's going to say, well, I know Jesus, but I don't know you. If it don't matter, I don't want a form of godliness and then denying the power thereof. Well, I'm sure all this holiness stuff matters. If it's in the word of God, it matters. The Lord said, oh, that there was a heart in them to fear me and keep all, all, all my commandments always. If it's in there, it matters. I don't want to impersonate. I want to demonstrate that I am a child of God, full of the Holy Ghost and living sanctified and consecrated unto him. I can't just say, God, give me victory in this battle and then deny my identity by transgressing his word. Samson's strength wasn't from muscle. It was from God. And when he stayed in submission, when he stayed in compliance with the covenant of God's word, he had everything he needed. And when he broke the vow, the power left. Faith in what God has spoken is what made uh, or what God had spoken is what made Samson great, and that's why he's listed in Hebrews 11. Faith in God's word will produce obedience to God's word. You can't buy it for money. You can't trade it for favors. It comes by the word of God to them who believe, trust, and obey his word. But Samson, the great thing is that Samson is not without hope, and neither you and I. Because in Judges 16 and 22, while he was in that low estate, 
while his eyes are put out and he's grinding, pushing, working for the enemy. All this is against him, but the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. When you read about the Nazarites, you'll find out that if something happens and they transgress that vow, they, they would have to shave their head. But they could start again. What was inside of him was coming back out in that low place in my distress. I cried unto the Lord. I realized I shouldn't have given my heart to Delilah. And he gets in a place and he can't see. It's not his eyes. He's coming back into covenant, but it wasn't because of his eyes. We walk by faith and not by sight. The hair started growing again. He was nobody. They, they, you would have thought some idiot Philistine would have said, you better keep a barber close by. Keep shaving that head every day. Oh, but they think, that's it. Rejoice not against me, oh, my enemy. He, he thinks he's powerful enough to hit you one time, that'd be it. But when I fall, I shall arise. Mm, come on. And I'm so glad for Samson. I'm so glad that that hair started growing again. And I'm so glad that he, he didn't just try to say, okay, I'm going to whoop him on my own. But this time he said, God, remember me this one time and avenge me for my eyes. And that little child led him, faith like a child. It led him to the pillars. And man, it said that he, he killed more in his death than he killed his whole life. The bad thing is, though, is that not many people are willing to pay that price to get back. But Samson knew, he said, right here at the end, God, I'm giving you all my heart. I'm not looking to get out of this with my life. I'm, I'm not going to try to save my life. I'm going to lose my life. But in that, he won his greatest victory that he had ever had. And that's why the writer said in that chapter 11 of Hebrews that, that Samson is part of that great cloud of witnesses. Because Samson, uh, he didn't get bitter with God. He didn't curse God. But when it started going again, when he knew, I guarantee you, he could reach up. He was blind, but he could reach up and say, mm-hmm, there's coming a day. Maybe one day, he, maybe just blind, maybe one day he's just miserable and he, he'd been working, he's hot. He didn't even thought about it. He went and his fingers went through his hair after he'd been all stubbly and, and uh, just, you know, gapped up where they cut his head and everything. And he's like, and something happened. Whew. I remember my hair felt like this. Hey, boy, when they called me out there to laugh at me, put me at the pillars, put me at the, the, the middle pillars, the biggest pillars, put me right there. Because he knew if this is back, God's back. And that's the thing is you get, that, get it back in your heart. That's why the Lord said, hey, you can confess your faults and he's faithful to forgive you. When you fall, you shall arise. Though a good man fall, he's not utterly cast down. Let me tell you, the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. He's looking, he's listening, he understands, he knows we're going to fall sometimes. Listen, it ain't too late to get your heart back. 
it ain't too late for him to, to, to give your love back to him. You got to come back to your first love. Well, I tell you, I don't want to have to lose to learn, though. I don't want to ever get conceited and think, well, I ain't never going to. Boy, every day I'm like, God, save me in spite of myself. God, forgive me for what I've done. Forgive my sins and iniquities. Cleanse me from secret faults. If I've been a stumbling block, what I just, man, I'm just trying to cover it all because, God, I know. Lord, don't let nothing in my life. Don't let nothing in my ear. Don't let nothing in my heart. That'll take the place of your word. I was called out of darkness. I did not know on January the 13th, 1993, that I would ever pastor a church. I didn't know what God was going to do on that first night, but I knew I loved it. Whatever you're going to do, if, if I'm going to be cutting grass for the church the rest of my life, then so be it. That's what I'm going to do. Listen to you. I believe and I feel assured enough today to say if he had not even called me to preach that I would still be sitting in the pews because I was so thankful for what God had done for my life. But I don't want to ever, ever, ever think that I am so good, that I got so much going on. I've won so many past victories that I don't need to seek his face and stay in covenant with him. Well, you've been pastoring 12 years now. You ought to be able to let down some. You ought to be able to, you know, when we get older, we start lightening our, our workload. But you don't lighten your load with this. And it ain't a burden to live for God. Hey, I, I, I want to live for God just as close as I did when he called me in. When he called me in, I was letting it go, letting go of everything. I was, I don't want nothing hanging around. I don't want to wear nothing that resembles. I've told you this, but man, when I got through at home that night, I didn't have no more clothes because I didn't own nothing except rock and roll T-shirts and things that said filthy stuff on it. That was how I lived. That was just who I was. I didn't have just a plain T-shirt like this. If I did, it didn't have no sleeves in it or it was cut all the way down to, to here on both sides. Every pair of blue jeans I had, you can see my drawers. It's the way I lived. My poor mama, I know. She still loved me. I was getting rid of everything. Did you have to? Yep. No question about it. Oh, you didn't have to do all that. Yeah, I did. Because the people I know that don't do that, they ain't still serving God. I know that God, the Holy Ghost, moved on me. I didn't go down there and do it because I, I had somebody, hey, we're going to follow you home from church, make sure you clean your room. But the Holy Ghost went with me. And when I stepped in my room, it said, whoo, this is a museum of a dead man. We got to clean this out. I had Metallica and Iron Maiden and Megadeth and Motley Crue all over the walls, skeleton heads hanging on everything. Just ugly stuff hanging on the walls. Just all kinds of stuff. My, my, you could have had a haunted house in my room every October. That's the way it looked. I don't know how mom coming there to clean it. Scared. Yeah, well, I did have John Wayne on one wall. So <laughs> when this gets here, hey. When it gets here, keep it here. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't make no 
room for nothing else. That old stuff starts creeping up. No, 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 no. You can't come here. You can't live here. Nope. Don't go looking anywhere else. Maybe that was one of the problems. Samson, his, his parents even said, why can't you find somebody here among us, among your people? I don't know what it was. Something stuck in him. I don't know. We'll ask him one day. So I'm telling you that what I've looked at in Samson over the last couple of weeks is that I saw a great man who fell. That no matter how powerful he was, he could find himself in real trouble. It can happen to the best of us. The sad part is, is everybody's not willing to pay that price to get back. The ultimate price that Samson had to pay is more than a lot of people are willing to do. They go out into that other life and it gets on them and they just can't give it up to come back. It's sad because they remember services. They remember the fellowship. They remember the brothers and sisters. They remember when they sang. They remember when they shouted. Or they remember when they preached. They can remember what it felt like when the Holy Ghost moved on. They can remember all of those things. It, it doesn't leave your memory. But if it's not here, he didn't say I hid it, his word in my mind. He said I hid it in my heart. I hid it in my being. I hid it in that new man. That's why I walk in the newness of life. You can't be what God intended you to be if you sell out your heart. Honey, you can come on to the music. This right here is an apostolic church. Not just in name, not just because it's on the sign. If it wasn't even on the sign, it's apostolic because of the word of God apostolic in principle and power and we're built on that foundation we cannot let go we cannot back up and we cannot surrender one writer said it my heart is fixed we must fix our hearts and stay true to God when you keep your heart you keep your identity when you keep your heart you keep your authority when you keep your heart you keep your power Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. When that writer finished with everything he had to say, hey, just sum it up for me, bud. That's a lot of reading. Just give it to me in one sentence. All right, here you go. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. The Lord cried out with desire for his people. Oh, that they would have a heart that would fear me, keep all my commandments always. So to sum it up, keep his commandments. Well, if you keep his commandments, you love him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You can't say you love him if you're not keeping his commandments. You might remember him. You might be friends with him. You might be fond of him. But if you love him, you keep his commandments. I'm glad that Samson got his love back. Thank God. I can't wait 
to see Samson. I don't know what it will look like when we get there, but I hope that God has made him with all his hair back. I, I, I just want to see him. Or even if it's just short, like it was when it started growing back. I don't care. I just want to see him and say, man, I'm glad you made it. I preached about you May 15th, 2019. He might be like, yeah, I was listening, but I ain't ugly. <laughs> I feel somebody get me in a bear hug when I get to heaven. I got something to say to you, preacher. I wasn't ugly. Let's stand together. I love this way of life. I love it. I'd give my life for it. I love living for him. I'm sure I have disappointed him more times than I can count. But I ain't never, ever, ever, ever thought one time about turning around and giving up, going back. Not when I know there's an answer. That's why it's so important to get this word in your heart. People that don't know the word, when they make mistakes, they run. But if they know this word, they pray. If they know this word, they cry out to him. If they know this word, they get back up and they keep going. Hide this word in your heart. You won't never have to worry about Delilah getting paid because she won't get you. Let's lift our hands and pray together tonight. Ask God to bless us, keep us, and to keep our hearts. Precious Lord, we've heard from your word tonight. And Lord, I pray for this church, that for everyone in this church that's here and not here, oh God, that we would all have a heart that would fear you and keep all your commandments all of our days, that we'll walk upright before you and not turn to the left or right, that we will serve you in sincerity and in truth. And Lord, that when we fall, We'll reach up to that hand that's reaching down and keep walking for you, God. Keep us, Lord. Watch over us. Protect us. And let us love your word and hide it in our heart. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap tonight. Aren't you thankful for this life? Hallelujah. I'm thankful for this life. Praise God. Be the children of God. Don't let this world shame you into nothing else. You stand up and be proud to be Holy Ghost-filled apostolic people. You ain't got to look like this world. You ain't got to act like this world. You ain't got to partake of the things of this world. You love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your power, with all your might. You just love God. I love you, and you're dismissed in Jesus' name.